Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, this morning we're continuing our series called Insomnia, um, What Keeps You Awake at Night? And looking at some of the stressful um, situations or, or things that we deal with in our life that just kind of keep us up at night. And so this morning... Uh, we're going to address one, that, and it's a question that I get quite often, actually, as a pastor, although it comes in a lot of different forms, but in essence, the, the question is, how do I know God's will for my life? Now, it comes in all kinds of different forms. It's, sometimes it's uh, someone who's applied for, you know, student graduating, applying for college. I've got accepted to two colleges. I don't know which one. Which one does God want me to go to? Or sometimes it's, um, I was offered a, a promotion at work, but... It, as long as I get good pay, it's, it's an increase in my pay, but it's also going to mean more travel. What should I do? Or I was offered a career, I've got a great career opportunity, just a brand new start somewhere, and it, it's a big career move for me, but it means uprooting my family and moving. How do I know if it's God's will? Or, you know, I'm thinking of asking her to marry me. How do I know she's the one God has for me? Or buying a house. We're thinking of buying a house, and it's, and it's really going to be a stretch for us financially. I mean, we're really going to have to really scrimp and say, but we do believe the market will come back. What is God's will for my... Boy, if I knew the answer to that one. But in essence, the question that has all kinds of different forms, but in essence, what it is is, does God have a plan for my life? And if he does, how do I find it? And what if I miss it? And there's a traditional view that's been taught, and I don't know if this is how you grew up learning, but it was kind of, um, kind of looks a little bit like this. That there are three phases to it. It's kind of like a, a, a target, okay? And, and this is um, God's moral will okay and then and then inside of that there's another circle that's called God's permissive will that anything within that circle would be okay you know because it's within God's moral will and, and it's within God's permissive will but then there's this itty bitty bullseye <laughs> And that one is always called God's perfect will for my life. How do I hit that bullseye? How do I know if I'm on target? Now, let me say something up front. That model is nowhere taught in Scripture. I don't know where it came from. But it's not a script. Now, there are very specific instances in Scripture where God called specific people to specific tasks. But there is nowhere in Scripture that it teaches that there is this perfect, pinpointed will of God for your life. And if you miss that, you miss out on God's will for your life. So this morning, I want to give you a better model. I think a more biblical model. I'm going to use two passages of Scripture primarily. The first one is, called, is found in Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to turn there, it's simply this. He writes in verses 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
And then the second passage we're going to look at is found in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. This is what the writer of the Proverbs said. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield for those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Now, from those two passages, I want to talk and give you a little bit of a a different model for finding God's will. And what I'm going to do is give you three questions that you can ask yourself when you're trying to make a decision about God's will for your life. And the first one, we're going to use kind of a similar model. We're going to use a little bit of a bullseye idea. But we're going to start with the outer circle. And this has to do with God's law. And so the first question to ask yourself when you're trying to discover God's will for your life is, does this choice that I'm about to make, does this choice in any way violate God's law? Okay? Because anything outside of that circle, that, that's out of bounds. And there are some things in Scripture that God has very, very clearly spoken about. There's no need to pray about it. There's no need to seek God's will out of it. It is very, very clear. You don't need to try and figure it out. God's already made it clear in His Word. For instance, should I pursue a relationship with somebody who was already married? God answered that one. If you don't know it, the answer is no. Be very clear on that subject. You don't, you don't have to pray about that. We don't have to seek God's will. You don't have to fast and pray and try to figure out. God already spoke to that one. It's very, very clear. It's within his law. Another one. Is it God's law? Is it, is, it, is it God's will that I cheat on this exam? God has spoken about that one already. Should I, is it God's will? Is it okay to falsify a job application? No. Those are all things God has already clearly spoken about. And God's will will never violate God's law. It never will. So you don't even have to, you don't have to pray, you don't have to think about it, you don't have to seek after God, you don't have to fast on any of those things. God has already spoken. Now, here's what I get when I talk to people or they come and talk to me. But we're mature adults and we love each other. I finally found my soulmate. Or, but I need to get an A on this exam. I've got to ace this thing. My whole future hangs in the balance. I've just, I've got to get the A on that. Or, or this job is perfect for me. They got some things in the requirements, but they really don't matter. It's just a perfect job for me. Now, let me tell you, God doesn't stand back and say, oh, well, in that case, I didn't know. Okay, it's your, you know, you're the exception. God's already spoken. He's already made it clear within his law. Now, here's the deal. People think that God made up these rules to make life miserable. That if I obey God's law, I'm never going to have any fun. 
Because he just sits up there and he finds us, oh, you like that? Okay, we'll make a rule against that one too. God's law is intended for your good. It is good. It is perfect. It's not to ruin your life. It is to make your life the best that it can be. And that's why the writer of Proverbs says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The best preparation you can make in any decision making for your life is know God's word. Just simply spend regularly time reading and studying and applying scripture to your life. Make it a habit that when you discover something in God's word, to obey it. That you would find God's will for your life. He says, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. Now, you're not going to get that kind of impact just on a half-hour Sunday morning message. So you need to do this for yourself. Now, we've made all kinds of different um, avenues available to you. Our community groups is a chance for you to get together with other believers, and we take the passages that we've studied together on a Sunday morning and dig a little bit deeper and start talking about how does that hit you? Where does that apply to your life? How can this help me? Community groups are great for that. Our Northgate U is starting up in a couple of weeks. We've extended the um, online. You can still register for one of the classes. I encourage you. If you want to find out more about God's word, there's some excellent classes being available to you. Make use of those. But don't even just wait for what the church offers. Read scripture for yourself. Just make it a regular habit to be reading in God's word because that will equip you for making the right decisions. And the whole point of knowing is not to have knowledge in your head. The whole point of knowing God's word is obedience. Know and apply. Psalm 119. Probably a lot of you learned this one if you grew up in Sunday school. Probably one of your memory verses one time. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. Probably didn't get the second verse. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. The point of knowing God's word is so that you know God's will for your life, that you apply it to your life. And it's about deciding ahead of time, not in the emotions of the moment. The time to decide how far you're going to go is not when you're in the back seat of the car. You decide this ahead of time. You build God's word into your life so that you know this is the what, if anything. This is the what. This is what God, if, here's the, I'll even put it up here. When we're talking about God's law. We're talking about the what. What is it that God wants me to do? What should I not do? Now, there's a second question. And this second question goes to another circle. And this has to do with principles. And the question that you ask yourself is, does this choice I'm about to make disregard any of the principles of Scripture? Because there are some things that are not directly spoken to by the law. They're not a thou shalt, thou shalt not kind of thing. But they're still very, very important decisions. They're still life-changing decisions. And these have to do with principles. And so look at um, Ephesians chapter 5. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, 
but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because these are still important decisions. So he says, be careful how you live your life. The word live, actually, the Greek word is peripateo. And in the prefix of that peri, you know from perimeter, around. And it literally means be careful how you walk around. In other words, every day, in every way, look at how you are living your life. Your walk around everyday life. Just be careful about that. There are all kinds of opportunities out there. So be careful how you take that. Don't waste your life. Don't waste a moment of your life. Be careful about it. Make the most of opportunity. Because your choices not just affect you. They affect the people around you. When you make choices, it's not just you. You might say, it's nobody's business, but it is. Because other people will have to live with some of the choices that you make. So be careful about these things. Sometimes I have people say, well, you know, we decided we're not going to force religion on our kids. We are just going to, we decided we're not going to force religion because religion was forced on me when I was growing up. So we're not going to force that on our kids. We're going to let them decide for themselves. We're not going to take them to church. How are they going to make a decision? On what basis will they have it? You provide, that's a principle. It's a principle. These are important decisions and they affect the people around you. So be careful about them. And not only do they affect the people around you, not only do they matter to them, they matter to God. God cares about the choices you make in your life. You might think, he's got millions of people to take care of. Why should he care about me? He does. All throughout scripture. He cares us about us as individuals. He cares about the choices we make. So he gave us principles. Now, principles are not law. Like I said, it's not thou shalt, thou shalt not. But they are just as significant as the law. Because they are truths. They are inviolate truths. You cannot violate these things without them affecting your choices. There is a cause and effect connection. Now, Principles are consistent, they are predictable, and they are irrefutable. That you can always count on a principle. If you do this, thus and such will happen. Here's an example of that. Galatians 6, 7. A man reaps what he sows. Now what he's saying is, this is a truth. This is a principle. Whatever you, choice you make, it has an outcome to it. There's this cause and effect. What you plant is what you're going to reap. If you want apples, you don't plant tomato seeds. Because if you plant tomato seeds, you're going to get a tomato plant. If you want apples, you plant apple seeds. Because that's what grows from that seed. That's a principle. And it will always be the case. It will never change. Now, I know some people will say, yeah, but I know somebody who did that and they got away with it. It didn't affect them at all. Not yet. (laughs) And we're not talking karma here, okay? This is just a principle of God. It's a principle of, 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 of how we live. It's a principle of life. What you sow is what you reap. So you need to ask yourself, what is it that I want to reap? Andy Stanley has written an excellent book on this whole idea. It's called The Principle of the Path. Let me just read to you just a a short um, snippet of what he's written. There's some examples. A single woman says, I want to meet and one day marry a great Christian guy who really has his act together. 
But then she dates whoever asks her out as long as he's cute. A single guy says, I want a great sex life once I've married. Then he practices with every girl he dates along the way. A married woman says, I, ha- I want to have a great relationship with my husband, but she makes the children a priority over them. A man says, I want to grow old and invest the latter years of my life into my grandchildren. Then he neglects his health. A couple says, we'd like our children to develop personal relationship with God and choose friends who have done the same. Then they skip church every weekend to go to the lake. Newlyweds determined to be financially secure by the time they reach their parents' age and then they adopt a lifestyle sustained by debt and leveraged assets. A high school freshman intends to graduate with a GPA that will afford him options as he elects college. Then he neglects his studies. He says, obviously, the list could go on and on and on. And the people my list represents have legitimate goals and oftentimes very good intentions of reaching them. But the paths they choose eventually bring them to the destination that is entirely different from the one they intended. And this isn't rocket science. We shouldn't need someone to connect the dots for us. If your goal is to drop two dress sizes, then you don't... If your goal is to drop two dress sizes, you don't eat lunch at the donut shop. If you desire to remain faithful to your spouse, you don't linger in an online chat room with members of the opposite sex. These aren't pastimes. They are pathways, and they lead somewhere. Those are principles. The choices you make lead somewhere. There's a cause and effect connection. That's a principle. It's, it, it, it will be. It, whether you, in fact, whether you agree with it or not, it will still be. <laughs> because it's a truth. Here's another one. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, the principle there is that your heart will always follow your treasure. And what captures your attention and what captures your treasure is what's going to capture you. That is a principle. You can say, I don't think so, but it is. Your heart will follow your treasure. So invest in the right things. Put your treasure, invest your life in things of eternal value. Do it with stuff that matters. We have a group of five people who have decided to make a mission trip, a short-term mission trip this November to Uganda. And they have invested in that. They've taken part in fundraisers. They've sent appeal letters to friends. They've found people to sponsor them. They've taken on extra jobs. They've scrimped and saved throughout the year so they could go. They've invested. They made an investment because that's where their heart is. And that's the way this works. There's this cause and effect relationship. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to go. And if you say this is where my heart is, but your treasure goes over there, you're just kidding yourself. So there are principles. And the principles are not so much the what They answer more the question, how? How do I make my decisions? How do I live my life? He says, be careful how you live your life. Be careful. So the question is, is this choice consistent with, um, does it disregard God's principles? And then the last one. And it's not a dot. It's not a bullseye. It's a wider circle of freedom. And the question on this one is, is this choice consistent with God's wisdom? 
And within that circle, I believe there is a great deal of freedom. It's not a pinpoint dot that you have to hit exactly. God says, as long as it's within my law, as long as it's confined within the principles that I've given to you, then there is wisdom for you. And in that, make the best choice that you can. And there's a great deal of freedom in that. Most of you know I love sailing and I enjoy racing. And in every race, every regatta, you have a course. And the course is pretty much around the buoys. And, and, and the thing is, you don't have to do it every exact same way as everybody else. In fact, there's a lot of things that you take into consideration. If you're, if you're going to windward, you can't go straight to the buoy. You've got to tack back and forth because you can't sail straight into the wind. And they always set the first buoy straight into the wind. So you got to tack back and forth. Now, how long you stay on one tack before you come back the other way? That, that depends on a lot of circumstances. What is the tide doing? If the tide is against me, I want to try and stay in the shallows and stay out of that tide because it's going to push me backwards. Where is the wind? Is the wind stronger out there where the tide is? But it's less tide in here, but there's also less wind. I got to make a decision about that. You use wisdom. You make your best choice given what you know. And that, I believe, is a biblical model that we're given. We have been given this model of biblical wisdom. And so the question that you ask yourself, phrased another way, is simply this. Which choice will best lead me to where I want to end up? Where do I want to end up at the end of my life? What, is I, what do I want my life to look like? When it comes to the end and I look back, what regrets do I not want to have? Where do I want to end up in life? Where do I believe God wants me to end up in life? And then, which decision, which choice best gets me there? That's biblical wisdom. And if you don't know, then Scripture says it, Proverbs 2, 6, the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Book of James puts it this way, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all. Ask God. And then make your decisions based as best you can on wisdom, because it's not a specific route. It's choosing a wise direction for your life. And there's a great deal of freedom there. But understand this, with the freedom comes the responsibility. Because this happens sometimes. People come to me and they tell me how their life is a shambles and they, you know, it's all falling apart. And then they say something along the lines of, how could God let this happen? Well, let's retrace your steps. When you came to this fork in the road, which one did you choose? When you came to this place of choosing, which path did you pick? You know, and we'll go down and say, God didn't get you here. Your choices got you here. So with the freedom comes the responsibility. You can't blame God and you can't back off decision making saying, well, God led me this way. You take the responsibility for it. Now, there's certain characteristics to wisdom and I'm just going to run through these really, really quickly because this really answers the question, why? Why? Why is this important? Why am I making these choices? The first one has to do with humility. And humility, not a false humility. Humility is just, just, just taking an accurate assessment. How did God make me? How did he wire me up? Because we're all different in that way. 
We all have different passions and interests. We have different skills and abilities and talents. We have different spiritual gifts. We have all kinds of different things that make up how God made us unique. And so humility is just trying to come to an understanding. Who did God make me to be? Romans 12, 3 says, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourselves with sober judgment. Just simply take an assessment. Now, if you want help with that, we have a class called The Journey. It's going to be offered um, in Northgate U. And and I highly recommend that because we go about how to discover God's direction for your life. In terms of being a part of a church family, in terms of how he wired you and made you, in terms of the message that he's given to you and the mission that he has for your life. That's a great starting point if you haven't done that one. But it's it's just making an assessment, okay? The second thing has to do with counsel. Seek wise counsel. That is a part of the path. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Because we all have our own blind spots. And so we need other people and say, Here's the choice that I'm thinking. What flaws do you see in my decision-making process? Find someone who has got... In fact, find someone who is further down the path that you believe you want to go. You don't go asking marriage advice for somebody who's had five. I know they got more experience, <laughs> but it's not the best experience. And, and actually, it's wise to lose from, learn from your mistakes. It's even wiser to learn from somebody else's mistakes. So find counsel and find godly counsel. Listen to the advice of others. And then the last one is trust. And you might want to put alongside that submission because that's what trust is. It's submitting my will to God's will. James talks about people who make all kinds of business plans. We're going to go to this city and that city. We're going to carry on business. We're going to make a lot of money. We're going to do that. And he says, wait a minute, you fool. He says, instead, you ought to say, If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Go ahead and plan as best you can with godly wisdom. Set your goals and and set that direction for your life. But always with the caveat that God has the veto power. And if God changes the plans, he gets to make the call. And so you run it through all these other principles. But ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Is it consistent with God's wisdom? Now, I said this answers the question why. And this is the last verse we're going to look at. Another familiar one. If you grew up in Sunday school, you probably learned this one also as a memory verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Now, it would be nice if you could Google Maps the path of your life. And it was all laid out there. You know, MapQuest, tell me, this is the destination I want to go. This is where I am. Show me the shortest direction. You know, how can I get there the fastest? It would be nice if we had that, but we don't get it. Because that's not what God wants for us. What he desires is a relationship. And that's the why. See, you can, you can get a map for your destination. But how much better to have a friend who knows the way with you along in the car? says, oh, up ahead, you're going to want to make a left. And, and I know this, this is a little bit out of our way, but it's a beautiful scenery. You just got to see this place. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to take you a little bit off the main track, but we're just going to enjoy the beauty of creation. 
or yeah, kind of made a wrong turn back there. And now, you know, now, whoa, this is not a good neighborhood, (laughs) but I'll get you through it. I know the way out. See, it's so much better. It could be impersonal on a map and God could just give everybody at birth, you know, this piece of paper that says this, you know, this is what you do. But the why is he wants the relationship with you. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to learn to trust in him. He wants you to learn wisdom for yourself and discover the life that he has for you. And that's the why. So briefly, let me just address two questions that I know some of you are thinking. The first one is, what about promptings? What about those whispers of the Holy Spirit when you just have this sense that God is leading you to do something? I believe in those things. I wouldn't be here pastoring this church if I didn't believe in those things. But you run them through these filters. Does any of those promptings violate God's law? Well, there, that answers that. Is it, is it consistent with his principles? Is it the wise thing to do based on how God has created you? So I believe in the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Believe me. But that's why he's given us these filters to keep us on track. And the last question I think some of you are probably asking, what about mistakes? What about when you get off the path? What if you're like me this morning and I have taken such a bad detour? My life is a mess. Well, first of all, let me say, no one has perfectly followed God's will humanly but Jesus. And because he did, there's always forgiveness for you. So whatever path you've chosen, whatever got you where you are right now, good or bad, whatever wrong you've done, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever rebellious U-turn you took, there's always forgiveness. Now, you may still have to deal with the consequences because what you reap, you sow. You might still have to deal with the fallout of some of those decisions. You might have to work your way back and get back on the path because it's not just an easy turnoff. It's, it's going to take some getting there. But here's what you can do. You choose God's way back. Do not compound the problem by trying to fix a mistake by making another mistake. Wherever you're at right now, whatever mistakes you make, whatever you do to get back on path, do it God's way. Keep within his law and his principles and his godly wisdom. Don't make another bad choice thinking you're getting back on the path because that won't be God's way. And it might circumvent some of the unpleasantness that you don't want to deal with, but some of that unpleasantness is part of what God has to bring you through right now. There's always forgiveness. You might have to deal with some of the ramifications of your choice. But whatever you do, choose God's path back. Don't compound the problem by making another bad choice. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.